Welcome to the Hot Chicks Write Hot Books podcast with Jen Foster and Melanie Johnson, where authors give you their inside secret tips on how to be a successful best-selling author. Jay Bruce Jones, and oh my gosh, I just feel like he is a self-publishing guru. He has written so many books. He has transformed the self-publishing industry in my eyes. He's just been an icon of mine. He's done uh, numerous series of, uh, he has a series of children's books. He has a series of books on maps. He also has a series of books with guitars, and he's going to tell us all about that. And he has numerous websites, and I'm a huge fan. I'm on your Facebook page, and I'm looking at what you're doing all the time and reading the the, the content and the information, and you just give great content. I mean, you're out there really trying to help uh, authors get started. So um, Jen is going to ask you to give us some background on yourself. Yeah, so go ahead and tell us, Bruce. Hi, well, good afternoon, and thank you guys for uh, having me into uh, um, Hot Chicks Write Hot Books. It's uh, it's nice that you're broadening broadening out to the uh, to the guy side, so that's really great. So um, yeah, we we don't discriminate. <laughs> that's good, that's good. So, um, so you want a little bit about me? I've been um, this is my thirtieth year of being self-employed. So I am um, been on my own for thirty years. I'm a graphic designer. I, if I had to do the short title, and then um, for the long title, I've um, so I'm a general business graphic designer, and I've done pretty much everything you can do from brochures to books to large wall installations, products, uh, every every you know advertising, web, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then parallel to that, and, and one of the ways, and we can talk about this if you want at some point. One of the the ways that I've been able to sustain that is I've developed um, a lot of products, and I use the, the graphic design knowledge and skills to um, make products. So uh, a couple of my products that have been great, um, and you may have seen some of these, is I, in 1990, I drew the entire world um, in Illustrator and created, uh, I can hold that up there, a line of um, maps, clip art maps. So this That's is a brilliant. CD box but I sell these online as individual maps, and they started in Illustrator, and they eventually moved their way um, after a few years to PowerPoint. And there are about four of us in the world that did this, and we drew the, the maps so that they can be put into PowerPoint and changeable, and they're used um, for business presentations, sales territories, um, marketing presentations, anything where a presentation needs a map and you need to be able to change its colors and customize it. Um, and so I've had this product for 25 years now, and um, it sells every day, all the time. And um, you Now, know, where so did you first start selling that product? Because 25 years ago, the Internet wasn't – I don't even know if the Internet was alive in 25 years yeah, ago. I don't know. Al Gore really? hadn't thought it up yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I sold it in school, primarily in schools and to graphic designers. I sold it out of the back of Mac User Magazine. Um, and other magazines, and um, and then I went to shows, I went to education shows, I licensed it to education distributors, um, and that went on for a while, and then kind of that just kind of didn't go anymore after a while, and that was just about when the web came along. So in 96, I put up a website, I said, I have all these maps in electronic format, why don't I see if I can sell them? Um, and I put up a simple site, this is 96, so it was just a really basic site, um, and I started with one one sale a month, and then one sale a week, and then one sale a day, and then it just kind of went. And um, <clears throat> I eventually, you know, built those websites out, and and I do a lot of things. And that 
one of my big points I tell people on publishing is repurposing your content. Mm -hmm. So I've taken those maps and turned them into geography books and um, textbooks and you know all kinds of coloring books and you know lots of different things. Um, but they primarily sell on the business side to um, sales managers now, who use them to set up sales territories for their employees. That's a great tip. I want to make that just go back and visit that that you're saying to repurpose their content. A lot of people don't do that. They may have a book, but they don't realize they can have other things from that. Right, and there's a ton of things. I mean, even just in the book world, you can go to audiobooks, you can go to video, you can make. Uh, I, I worked with a, a a a guy recently on his books, and he he's in the market um, for girls with gangs, teenage girls who are dealing with gang issues, and um, he wrote sort of a. Uh, you know, a story about it, put it on Kindle, it became sort of a discussion book for groups and then in our conversation they said, why don't you turn that into a workbook for these sort of girls at risk and now that book is used so, you know, a, a workbook can be, you know, a lot more money and, and uh, you know, a lot more to it. Um, so now he has a package of a book, you know, he has actually two books on these sort of girls at risk, and he has the discussion workbook that goes along with it. It's all the same content. It's just how you package it. So it's um, he can he just expands it. So um, so that kind of the maps have continued and, and they on they go. And um, and I have always sort of had a love of books. I've always wanted to do and make books. And um, so looking at sort of the, the some of the questions you had here today that we were going to talk about, and we can we'll talk about it later. But I. You know, my first book started with me chronicling one myself learning how to play guitar, my music books. So, so you knew you wanted to write a book, and you just know how to play the guitar, so you said, I'm going to write a book about that. Well, I wanted to write books and since I was five years old. So at five years old, my memories of myself were have products, make books, and do things in TV and film. Those were the goals I set for myself at five. Wow, um, that's amazing that you knew that then. I, I don't remember much else at age five, but I had that in my head, and I've now done all those things. So um, when I started learning to play the guitar, um, I was I went to guitar camp, and I still do. I'm, this is my 15th year going to guitar camp, and I sat in all these circles, because it's up in New Hampshire, and it's outside, and it's really nice and stuff, and I watched um, all these classes. I watched the, the students in the class will basically climb over cut glass to get a handout. Handouts are huge. People get really, really upset if they don't have handouts. and uh, Or if they're short, you know, you had only 10, but there's 12 people in the class. And um, so I started watching them, and I started looking at the handouts they were giving. And, and musicians may be great musicians, but they're not necessarily the best graphic designers. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I started. So basically, I just started making, this is my one of my first books. It took about eight years, because it took me about eight years to learn all these instruments. Um, I just started writing down and making my own chord fingering charts. Awesome. Let me hold it up here so you can see it. So you can see them all there. Uh -huh. So this is really the chronicling of me learning how to play music. And I just made my own charts, and then once I got enough of them, you know, and I was a graphic designer, so I know how to, how to do it. And, um, you know, I just researched, or i get some more knowledge, and I'd make more charts, and then eventually I had enough to make a book. That's and, great. So well, that's how. Go ahead. I'm sorry, Jen. Oh no, I was just gonna say, you know, that kind of goes along with, you know, the reason why we joined this podcast is to let our listeners understand and know that 
what you need to do if you want to write a book is just say what are you an expert at or what do you want to be an expert at learn that skill or learn that thing and then write a book about it and that's exactly what you did you were learning to play the guitar you knew that there was this need for some good books about you know chords and so you built that and and then you implied all of the strings so that people more people could buy it than just guitar people you could do banjo ukulele so yeah. that's just a great example yeah, I just kept it going, and I basically just wrote down everything I was learning. I, I, you know, get out of a class and I'd write it down, or I'd go home and I'd write it down, and and just sort of pull it together. So it's it, it took a long time to make that book because it took a long time to learn those instruments. But yeah, just chronicling or just your your journey, just sort of write down the journey, and when you have enough of it, just republish, you know, publish it. So. so you don't have to be an expert already. You can just right. you're becoming an expert. Mm -hmm. right. You know, you're just listening to what people are asking for, and you look online, and you know, especially with chord charts, what I realized is, is that a lot of the chord charts you find online, if you go to Google and look for chord charts, they're set up in usually in very odd ways. And I realized what happens is that a lot of the charts that are online are people's own versions of the charts that, that are their favorite chords. Here are the chords I use in my music, and they made their own chart. And I realized that people, I just reorganized it, you know, is A, you know, the key of A, key of B, C, D. You know, I just did it in a logical order, not trying to make it special for anybody. So, mm -hmm. um, and so that sort of made it general and fit for a lot of people. So Awesome. So, so Bruce, yeah. tell us, okay. what, what would you, what would you tell our listeners just three tips on what to, what you would do to get started? Because, you I mean, you kind of done a few things to get started and some of them have taken you longer than others. What would you say are the top three tips to just get um, started? So the top three tips, and um, I would say to get started is one of them is the uh, the sort of the top ten tip. I like that tip a lot, which is basically to write down <laughs> your top ten tips on something. I mean, I think we are in this community that we all know, you know, people that, that do this as a whole philosophy. But I've done it also is is just basically write down, and and I have a, a methodology I do to help people do business books too, which is to say, what's your number one tip in your subject? Just give me. And don't think, just right off the top of your head, what's your number one? And then what are the other nine that go with that? And then <laughs> fill them in. And you'll be surprised. Very quickly, you can sort of put together books. So that would be, I guess, number one. Uh, the second is record the journey. Um, and then the third, I, I would say, is, and this one, I, I, whether people can relate to this or not, is I only really learned to write at 53. No so, way. <laughs> so I ha I, I'm dyslexic. And a lot of graphic designers are dyslexic, and so I struggled and struggled and struggled to basically make any sentence for most of my life. And um, I was the kid in class who made the models. You know, there's always a kid who makes the models. You know, when they have to do a paper or a presentation, they get out of writing the paper because they get to do the models. Well, mm -hmm. that's the probably the dyslexic kid. <laughs> so. So it just was. I always wanted to do it. It was a dream for me to do it, but I just struggled t tremendously trying to do it. And, um, and around my fifties, I started blogging. I just started forcing myself to do it. And um, and then I took. We all we all heard of Jeff Walker. Mm -hmm. You know, he has a course. Well, he has he has an internet marketing course, and I took his. I I told him this story. I said I took his course, and he has an exercise in that course where he released. He has you write a business plan, but he gives it to you in little teeny tiny chunks. Mm -hmm. And 
I was able to fill in those little chunks. I couldn't write the whole plan because somehow my mind couldn't handle it. But the little chunks, he would deliver them in little chunks. He'd send a little word file and say, fill this in. Okay, next week we're going to now take that and add it. When I got done with that process, for some reason, some switch went off, and I could suddenly write. And I, it just started pouring out. It just started pouring. And um, so I, I have two pieces of advice in that. One is do things in small little chunks and push them together. Sometimes the massiveness is just daunting, and but you can write a little tiny bit. Um, and the second one was was a great one was when I, because of being a graphic designer, I learned the power of an editor. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to be perfect um, with your writing. You can just, you just need to get it down. It's, if people sort of freeze, it's sort of perfection freezes progress, and you just freeze with the words, but you can get something down. And so I've used that something down, and then understanding that you can bring an editor in um, on your writing to fix it. And so mm -hmm. on the books that I have that aren't picture books that are actually you know, like like this book that I, that have actual words in them. Um, I work. I have an editor who fixes my writing, and um, you know, so that has sort of freed me up because I've learned I don't have to be correct. I don't have to be perfect. It doesn't. I can just get it, get the ideas down. So, what would you say are um, your biggest do's and don'ts for authors when they're trying to self-publish and get started writing? Um, one, you have to market outside of Amazon. So I think, and so I'm a big believer, in, and you've looked at some of my websites and stuff, is you have to expose yourself into lots of places. And I, I, a lot of the writers I kind of work with, they, um, they kind of assume that Amazon's going to take the ball and run with it. Mm. And I, I hear that a lot. They don't know what to do. They sort of think, once it's on Amazon, it's fine. If you're doing the sort of the indie self-published route, um, that you have to do marketing. So I think that that's a huge tip that... Mm -hmm. Plan your marketing. Where are your um, top favorite places to market? Um, I like building websites or, blo or, or blogs to um, market the content. I take the content, and which, so if you look at, this is a good example of this picture book, and you can do this with pretty much any book. I took the pages from this book, created uh, JPEG files out of them, because there's a PDF, created JPEG files, and put them onto a website, a very simple website, with ads running down the side for my books. And to me, that, that has worked. I've used this technique a bunch now, and that has worked extremely well because I describe the graphic, mm -hmm. I put the tags in the graphic, Google sends people to you, um, then that you, need, you just need quantities of people, and they see it, and if they like the book, they, you know, um, you know, they, they get the information, they go, hey, this is a good book, or this is good information, and you put your book, uh, ads for the book, so I think for me that's a it's a great way to do it, um, and you can do that on a blog, you can do that on a website, you can do it in Pinterest. You can just spread your content, you know, far and wide. Um, another couple of tips I would do is, and this is one that I made the mistake. In fact, I did it on this book. Don't fall in love with your title. Um, that your title is probably wrong, and you know when you're working on a book. You come up with a title that you have that you tell your friends. Here's my book, blah, blah, blah. And they say, what's the title? And you tell them the title. It's a title that you sort of become in love with. You become, it becomes the title you use to describe the book to your friends. But nobody else in the world actually probably calls your book by that title. Mm -hmm. 
So, like, so how this did is you a, figure out the best title for you? What do you? What's a tip to figure out the best title? So I called this book originally Notebook Music Chords because I figured I would put my music sheets in my note music notebook, and I put it up on Amazon and nothing happened. So what I did is I went on Amazon and searched for books like this, chord books, and discovered that they were using the word essential a lot. So I, I'd say I guess the biggest easiest tip to do it is go on Amazon, look at your the, your competing your competing books. See how they're titling their book, and you know, act accordingly. So do some research to say, you know, look at the keywords when you start typing into Amazon up at the top. The the words that fall down, the instant um, the search results. Google does it. YouTube does it. Amazon does it. Start typing in your type book title. One, you want to see stuff fall down and go. Okay, that's how people are phrasing that particular thing. And then also, when you finally hit search, you want to make sure it's going to your kind of book. Like, put your title in. Does it end up on a page with books that are similar to what you're doing? Right. Um, so you can very quickly go. Okay, I'm not in the right market. I'm selling a book on you know pet care, and I'm ending up in you know how to hang drapes. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's, it's just got to go. And, and and so what I've heard is you do this on on Amazon, you do it on Google, and you do it on YouTube. They're all different databases. They all work differently. But you get a real good sense of how people um, are classifying that topic on that book. It may not, you know, this is mostly probably for nonfiction books, but um, I think it's a it's a great way to go. Okay, I'm in the I'm in the ballpark. Yeah. And then you can kind of you can kind of move from there. Um, I also am a real fan of there's a, a a really good um, web usability guy called Don't Make called Steve Krug, who wrote a book called Don't Make Me Think, and I have really taken that philosophy um, in when I'm working on books and working on things is don't make me think too hard about the title, mm -hmm. um, you know don't make me struggle to try to figure out what you're talking about make it clear. Yeah, make um, it simple. Make it simple, yeah. Don't just. Mm -hmm. There's nothing wrong with being blunt. It may not be very fancy, but this is what my book is about. And then you can polish it, or you can add a, a nicer subtitle, or do something. But you know, don't don't make me struggle. If I have to struggle. I'm moving on to the next book. So, um, so market your books. Uh, don't fall in love with your title. And then also, and, and this one goes counter to a lot of people. Don't fall in love with your subject matter. Um, really? Because this is why people talk about niching yourself down, like you're the expert in this topic. What, what I've discovered, even with all the research and all this, so there's a couple of points that with all the research and all the things you're doing, um, it's you may be wrong, <laughs> and nobody, maybe nobody likes your book, nobody buys your book, but you have just focused into this one area, and you you may be the expert in that area, but you just might have hit it wrong. I like to spread wide and sort of spread myself and sort of see you just are, you're often surprised like what is going to work and if you just stay in one narrow area you're never going to figure that out but if you can sort of spread yourself across different topics um, you may discover markets you didn't know were popular you may discover books you oh I'm actually in that market I didn't realize that and right. you know you can kind of spread out also you know we only have this much to live so you know yeah why are we limiting ourselves? You know, if you have to, like I am, I'm all over the place, and I'm I'm fine with that. Um, I also find that people don't 
not buy your books because you happen to write a music book and a children's book. You know, they, they want the book. They're not saying, oh, I can't, I can't buy this guy's book because he wrote this book. Right. So people don't think that way. Uh, yeah. Well, I think what you're really pointing out, which I think is really good, is that you need to be open-minded to, I mean, you can have your niche and you can have your focus, but if, if it's not working for you and it's not making you money or you're not getting sales, then maybe you need to focus on something else or, or like spread yourself out, like you said. And a lot of times, um, we've seen it in, in our community, um, you know, where we all met, is, you know, sometimes you don't, you don't know that that's going to be your niche and then it happens to be. Like our friend John Cody was just doing marketing for actually real estate, and now he's the the best at um, healthcare and healthcare elsewhere, which is you know getting your health healthcare in abroad or different places. And that's where he specifies his niche now. And he had no idea that's where he would be, um, you know, working in that that in that right. niche. And yeah, so, I but agree. he was open minded to that. And I think that's a great point that you're pointing out. If your book isn't working. Think about what are other things you know and what other things you could do and write your book on that. Or other passions, too, that you have. Mm -hmm. John, I mean, you, Bruce, you sound like you've got a lot of passions, and I love that you're expanding <laughs> and dabbling in all of them. Yes. Dabble, yeah, and you, just, and you discover stuff, and you, you'll, you'll discover, you know, your, you know like I, one of the things I tell people to do when you have a web, your websites and voices is really pay attention to your stats and look at what people are coming to your sites you like one of the advantages of putting all these graphics up is I have, you know, 50 different little indicators to say which what are people interested in, um, and so you may say, oh, people are really interested in like for a long time it was uh, mandolin chords, and so I've been working on a mandolin book, but lately it has shifted over to banjo chords. So, you know, different maybe I should, it's like the trends change and things change, and if you're not if you're not sort of watching your stats and trying to figuring out what people are looking at. With your content, you know you're either missing the mark or you're just not realizing what's going on. And so it, um, yeah, it's. It, and I, you know, I tell people, we're living in a really amazing moment. Um, that the the gatekeepers have fallen for publishing, advertising, broadcasting, marketing, and distribution. So all those areas, the gatekeepers have dropped, and we can now enter those as sort of indie people and solopreneurs and, and all of that um, for almost no money. You know, publishing on Amazon we can do for free other than the effort to make the book. I mean, so with Kindle book or... You know, this, this is, is a perfect a example too. This is, uh, I'm, I come from a TV background where I owned uh, TV stations and we're having our own TV show right now for free on <laughs> Google Hangouts. Right. And I mean, you look it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and you look at, you know, NBC paid four billion dollars for the Olympics and we paid nothing. Right. <laughs> and this is a global broadcast. You know, it'll be on YouTube. It'll go all over the planet and mm -hmm. we didn't pay for this. So and that's happening across all of those areas. You know, YouTube yeah. is the broadcast channel. You know, Amazon can be distribution and, and marketing, you know, printing. Um, you know, you're advertising, you know, Google, you have ads you can put up, you can do ads for almost nothing, you know, just even putting your own ads up it doesn't cost you anything. So it's yeah. it's just a fantastic moment if you can create content to send it out to the world. So, so what has changed awesome. in your life um, since you've become a publisher? What doors have opened and um, you know financially, personally, uh, what's happened to you? Um, I'd say 
all that stuff. One, I just love doing it. So um, just making all these books is just is just fun. I mean, I really enjoy it. Um, I have been able to. Sort and of build and by the way, you can tell you're like a little kid at a candy store. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. It's just. I mean, I I I really tell people, you know. Act local, think global, because as I just said, all those gatekeepers and we can just make stuff. We're not, you know, nobody's stopping us anymore to do stuff. Um, so for me, it's it's the thing of being um, a global um, a global business. So able to send my content globally, um, making products, not just books. You know, this product, um, this is my million dollar product. I've sold over a million dollars of these maps. So. Um, you, know, you wouldn't think you could do with it, but it, it did. So that put a couple of kids through college and built a house. Um, I built <laughs> lately. I've been building, you know, a presence online, and I've been really pushing out my my um, uh, publishing stuff. And I've sort of really ramped that up over the last number of months. So I've been able to be involved with quite a few authors now, getting their books published and getting them up. Um, I set up a Facebook page on how to publish your books. Um, and that has helped to give me a presence also and sort of exposure and a platform to write on. Um, I'm working on a course on helping people to publish. So it's, um, and I'm getting a lot of interviews. I mean, I, it, it's really since I've sort of really put more effort into it and pushing out, um, it's getting more consulting clients and, um, you know, building that bigger platform. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I actually, um, I follow your, your blog and your newsletter and, and just on online today, I was watching someone's video that they did, and they were mentioning you and your live cast and your webinars that you're having, and and you're doing great. I can see you all over the place. I love it. Yeah, I just push, and I've really been starting to experiment with, you know, partly from the encouragement of watching our, you know, mutual friend, you know, Mike Keening, and his his emphasis on, um, you know, doing the live broadcast and the Google Hangouts and selling stuff. Um, using Google Hangouts to do mm -hmm. that, I've started to do that too. So it's been nice to kind of. I'm doing it in two markets. I'm doing it in the publishing market and in the the sales territory map market. Um, and I'm learning. I can see already just changes in how I'm presenting and doing things. But I, I, I think he's completely on track. Um, you know that you can sort of take your products and just sit here and talk about them. Um, yeah, so that's awesome. Well, why don't you why don't you tell us what um, what would you tell our listeners? Why would they want to write a book? And what would you tell you know tell someone if they were kind of like, well, I don't know what I write about. What what would you tell them? Um. It, well, here, here's something I've learned with new authors, brand new authors, first time authors. When I have worked with them, and I didn't know this was going to happen right away. Um, I did. I didn't know this was going to happen at all until I started to do it. But what I've discovered is that the first book, someone's first book, is the um, culmination of a dream. Mm -hmm. that they have held in their head a dream of a book or a thing or something. And so, you know, when people do their second, third, and fourth books, you know, now they're just making books. But that first one is really monumental to them um, and really important. And so mm -hmm. I would say that that's a, a big thing that if you have a dream to publish, the tools are there, the exposure is there, and you can, you can get this out. Um, one of the things that I've seen happen between, and I think, I don't know whether this is Amazon that's doing this or what, is um, Kindle is really highly publicized. We all know about Kindle books. And so 
people know they can kind of make a file and put it up and they can have a Kindle book. What they don't know about is the, the print-on-demand side, the CreateSpace side. And I think they think it's, and this is just my, and, and Jen, you maybe because you guys work with this too, you maybe you can back this up. I think they think you need a publisher to get a physical paper book. Yes. And they don't get that the CreateSpace thing is, you don't need that, it's just the same as Kindle. It's You just put a file, set it up, and it's free but that somehow that's a bigger barrier. Um, right. So for first-time authors, I would say be in both platforms, mm -hmm. be both sides. You can go one or the one way or the other. I don't, you know, there's pluses and minuses in either direction, but that you don't need a publisher to do that. It's you can, you can put that book out there. And, you know, I've watched people, you know, now that I work with a lot, when they walk into a room with their book and they're holding their physical book, you know, they have this, you know, this huge smile on their faces, yeah. which is really different than, yeah, it's here on my phone. <laughs> yeah, so let, let's talk about that for one minute. Um, what do you do with your books? You know, like me, once I had my books, I had a book signing party, you know, and that was a huge thing. Um, you know, you were just saying, carry your book around with you. What, what kind of things do you do with your physical books? So um, with my physical books, I basically market them online through different sort of different places, so websites mm -hmm. and blogs and video and things. Um, when I go to music camp, I print these out and um, bring them and sell them. So mm -hmm. if you're doing an event, and what's what's um, really nice is um, CreateSpace, which is a print-on-demand side of Amazon, has extremely competitive printing prices. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, you can get to go buy ten of these at a local print is going to cost you a lot of money from Amazon. They're like two dollars and fifty cents a piece. Exactly. Yeah. So if you're if you are a speaker or you're, you know, you're anybody, you can create books for yourself and hand it to people. People yes. really cherish a book. They don't they don't throw it away. And mm -hmm. so as a as a business tool, as a marketing tool, you can create small books. You don't have to be very big. And you feel free to give them away. So I think yeah. number two would be it's a it's a marketing device, and and uh, and I've used it that way and sold it. So um, number. But I think the biggest thing that Bruce is talking about here is just to step out of your shell and say, you know, realize that you can have a book, and it can be on Kindle and or ebook and print, and yeah. that you can be your own publisher, or you can hire people like Bruce or Melanie or I to help you to publish that book and make sure you're marketing it properly and make sure that everything is, you know, you've dotted your I's and crossed your T's because we've done it before <clears throat> and you can you can actually do it. You know, I think that's the biggest thing is the mindset that that you can write a book. Right. And I don't know if you have any other questions, Melanie, for Bruce, but I was going to tell him a little bit about our, our writing camp that we're doing. Yes. Um, do, yeah, I've been watching that. It looks kind of fun. I've been to, to Punta Cana. We took my, my family to uh, vacation there a number of years ago. So, um, yeah, that looks kind of like a cool thing. So. Oh, good. You will tell us, Bruce, where did you go when you were in Punta Cana in Dominican Republic? Where did, what kind of activities did you do when you were there? Do you remember? Yeah, we were in an all-inclusive. So we did, um, you know, we did the swimming, the beach stuff. We did the mm -hmm. swim with the, we went to um, the shark. Uh, the, we swam with sharks, mm -hmm. which sharks. is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that sounds scary. <laughs> we swam with dolphins. Uh -huh. um, so that was another trip. I had we had our kids were probably twelve and thirteen, somewhere around there, something mm -hmm. like that. Um, lots of swimming. The beaches mm -hmm. are really really nice. They're, they're mm -hmm. very nice. Um, it's I'd say it's a, it's a little free form down there. 
Um, mm -hmm. So you know, in terms of you know uh, lifeguards and such, but mm -hmm. uh, but it's so we had that was fun. The weather was great. Um, it was an easy it's an easy flight from Boston. I think I think it was nonstop right to the Dominican nice. Republic. So it was nice. pretty easy to get to. So yeah, we enjoyed it. We had a lot of the kids really liked it. They wanted to go to you know we took our kids usually to museums and cities and looked at stuff like that, and they wanted to go. We want to go on the vacation like everybody else goes on. So. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, so what, what Melanie and I are doing is we're going to be having a beach book writing camp in June, and we're also going to be doing one in the fall. Now, the one in June is just going to be for women, and that's why we started with the Hot Chicks Write Hot Books. But we are going to allow men to come to the one in the fall, um, and so it can be um, a husband and wife team or just an individual or, you know, all, all sorts of whoever wants to come, and we're going to help them write their books for the week and play on the beach at the same time. <laughs> yeah, we're staying in a fabulous villa while we're there, and we have all the fun stuff like you described. There's swim with the dolphins there. There's zip lining. There's ATVing. I went with my sons this last time. We were covered in mud. It was so much fun. But I know a lot of people, they like to just get, um, you know, away when they're writing, to be totally yeah. immersed in it and kind right. of, Shut the door as the as the best thing because otherwise you're kind of doing it, not doing it, and if you just really want to get it done, so we thought it would be fun to invite everybody down to the Dominican Republic and stay at this fabulous villa, and then that's kind of how our podcast got born too. Hey, um, Bruce, also tell us a funny story about something that's happened to you since um, you've been starting this whole journey. Yeah, so I went, can I tell you? Can I tell you a sad one and a funny one? Okay. So I think Jen disappeared there for a second, but we should be back in a moment. Okay. Um, the um, so oh there she is she's back yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we're broadcasting here on Google Hangouts so you always have to they've improved it tremendously but there's still uh, there's you just still, know, there she is there she is all right I'm, back. Back. I'm gonna tell you I'll tell you a, 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 a funny story and then a, not a sad story but one that that really affected me so I did this book and I keep coming back to this book but I you know I have lots of other you know coloring books and kids books all kinds of books. But in this book, I had I have two finger mandolin chords. So a lot of people play mandolin with just two fingers. Uh, it's a very easy instrument to play once you kind of know, like guitar, you can switch those. I had the two finger mandolin chords, and I received an email from an older gentleman who said he was thanking me for this book and how much he enjoyed it, and I had given him back the power of music because he had cut his fingers off in a in a table saw accident oh, wow. and he only had two fingers and so I was just like really touched by that and I you know I communicated a little bit with him but I have the two finger mandolin chords so I, he was able to go and play um, mandolin because he had he had this book so for me that was I carried that email around for a long time so um, that was a, that was that was touching for me the other thing I'll just relate this because um, this is sort of the, the funny and the unusual one is the, about repurposing your content. So I have this book and I have I, I get an email from a woman in Australia who tells me she's a left-handed guitar player and could I take these chord charts and cha flip them so that left-handed guitar player so she could play. So there's a number of ways to play left-handed guitar. You can just force yourself to play it this way if it's right. But a lot of people will flip the instrument over, upside down, basically, and restring it going the other way, so that everything is backwards. And what she described was she was playing, learning to play guitar by standing in a mirror, 
with the guitar backwards so that it flipped around so she could take regular chords and, and, and flip them. And she said, could you make a book and do that? So I was like, all right, well, okay, maybe. So I figured out that I could take these chords, and they're in InDesign, and I could flip them the other way. Mm -hmm. And I asked her, and then I put a note out. I put something out on my blog. I said, I'm looking for about five people who can help me proof this book because I, I could figure it out, but I wasn't completely perfect that I was getting it right. Um, and so I had like five left-handed guitar and mandolin players who were my test market, and I created the left-handed chords. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> and, I want to thank you so much for coming on our show and kind of christening our podcast for us. You are just awesome. I'm still, I'm such, I'm even a bigger fan now that I've gotten to uh, talk to you in person. And uh, you'll see me showing up now. Now I feel like when I show up on your Facebook page, I have a, a personal relationship with you. Right, you know where you are. So you have been so inspiring to us, and we'll. Um, Keep you. This will be airing in a few days, okay. and um, so keep in touch with us. And uh, we just can't thank you enough for joining us today at the Hot Chicks Write Hot Books podcast. All right, take care. See you later. Thanks, See you guys. For more information, you can visit our website at hotchickswritehotbooks.com, or you can text your name and email address to eight three two. Five seven two five two eight five.